are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. This is a prophetic emergency alert. I do this on a regular basis when, through my research of history, current events, economics, theology, and many other subjects, when I put the pieces of the puzzle together, and so the puzzle on the floor, and I'm speaking in terms of a metaphor, the puzzle on the floor is a giant puzzle. You are looking at that puzzle right now. It's in the hallways of your mind and subconscious mind. I'm looking at those puzzle pieces right now. It's in the hallways of my mind and subconscious mind. The critical thing, and this is where most people miss it, and by the way, if you want a theological definition for the term missing it or missing the mark, that is an accurate theological definition of the biblical word sin. The biblical word sin means precisely one thing. It means this, that an individual, a culture, or a nation, that they miss the mark. They fail to hit the bullseye. If you, if you went into some kind of bar and they had a dartboard, the, the name of the game is if you're playing darts, is to throw the dart at the dartboard and land it in the very center, at the very center of the, the dartboard, and then you rack up points. Now, if you're drunk, or you've had one too many drinks to drink, then not only are you going to have a high likelihood of missing the very center of the dartboard, you have the possibility in your drunken stupor of throwing the dart, and because you're uncoordinated because of the booze in you, uh, you throw the dart at the dartboard, but then, tragically, the dart veers off because of your impaired condition, and guess what happens? Worst case scenario, I'm laughing because it's tragic. I'm not laughing because I enjoy it. Your dart ends up burying itself in the neck or the back of somebody that is standing between you and the dartboard. That is called metanoia, missing the mark. And it comes from either target practice with a bow and arrow, and you're shooting arrows at the center of a target, and for whatever reason you haven't practiced or whatever, you, you don't hit the bullseye. You don't hit the center of the target. Now, in a warfare situation, if we're talking about bullets and rifles and guns and handguns and whatever, your failure or anyone's failure to not hit the center of the target and to accidentally allow your arrow to go flying off to the left or the right could potentially mean, in a battlefield situation, it could potentially mean that um, you're going to kill somebody that wasn't supposed to die because you have no business, you're not fit to fire a bow and arrow and fire the arrow accurately. So it's that meaning that we get metanoia from. To miss the mark is metanoia. And by the way, when the Bible speaks of metanoia, it's talking about even a very fractional missing of the bullseye or missing of the mark. So even if you're off by a tiny percentage point, according to the biblical law, you have missed the mark just a, just as egregiously as if you, you know, were three feet off to the left or right or to the north or south. That's, that's a serious departure from the bullseye. Now, in, in theological circles or spiritual circles or more accurately, biblical circles, the goal that God establishes for prophets, for ministers, for teachers of the Word of God, the goal is that you're to hit the bullseye 
the target, the center of the target, you're to fire your arrow, your slingshot, your your dart, your flaming missile of the evil one, and God expects you to hit the bullseye. Because in a battlefield situation, if there's all kinds of confusion and chaos going on, and then you've got some kind of person who calls themselves a soldier, but they're a loose cannon, and they fire their their uh, dart or their arrow, and they end up killing uh, a fellow soldier, and let's just say hypothetically, in our battle in our hypothetical battlefield situation, um, you're far firing your your bow and arrow, and because you're careless or untrained or, or whatever the reason is, you accidentally shoot your arrow into a soldier that's on your side of the battlefield. So you take down or you kill a soldier that's on your side of of the military. Now, in a hypothetical scenario, let's just say for the sake of a hypothesis, that the soldier you take out of commission because you carelessly fired an arrow into his neck or back or whatever, so let's play out the consequences. The consequences are that you have killed, seriously wounded, or whatever, hypothetically, a soldier on your side of the army who just happens to be moving at high speed because he has perceived with his or her eyes that the enemy is about to strike violently and deadly. The enemy is about to strike your soldiers soldiers that are on your team. And uh, the reason that the enemy is striking your soldiers is because the enemy has managed to secure what could be called a vantage point or, or climbed high up to gain perspective from an aerial point of view. And the, the entire intention of this soldier is to race against time and cripple, incapacitate, block, drop dead the the enemy's soldiers, because the enemy, from this aerial vantage point, you can see clearly that the enemy is right now in the process of marshalling his or her forces together to blow up or burn up, or they have found an open door, they have found uh, an area of weakness in your defense. And so they are mobilizing their forces to attack you in such a way that it will ultimately paralyze you. It will strike you with a fierceness, and you don't know it at the exact moment it's happening, but because of your carelessness, because of metanoia, you have missed the mark with your arrow or whatever your gun. Because of metanoia, you uh, end up giving your enemies a a all important strategic advantage in the battle and so when this plays out from that moment forward because of your carelessness um the enemy is able to break through the walls the enemy is able to knock out your uh watchmen on the wall the enemy is able to take out your supply chain of food and water and more arrows and and armaments that you need to be victorious. So what I'm saying here is in these battlefield situations, 
things are not what they appear to be at face value. In these battlefield situations, you can be in that zone of battle where a careless mistake on your part ends up facilitating a terrible demise on your troops, your army, and you end up losing, let's say, hypothetically, five to 10,000 people because there, there's a, a gap in your wall of defense because you allowed the enemy a clear vantage point. You allowed the enemy to take out your key, your key position soldiers. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you do. You do understand what I'm saying. Okay, so this dynamic plays out just as aggressively, if not more aggressively. This dynamic plays out in spiritual warfare, spiritual battles, with more intensity than it plays out in, in mere physical, physical, real-world, logistical battles, because the stakes are higher. Now, I want to pause for a moment. I want you to think about what I just said, and I would like to ask you to think about it in terms of future implications. In other words, I want you to think about it not just regarding what will happen in the present moment. I want you to think about it in terms of what will happen in the future if these negative scenarios are allowed to spiral you and your military downwards and they're not, they're not checked in place. They're just running rampant. I want you to think about that for a moment because you and I both know that the consequences of missing the mark, metanoia, in these critical situations is the following. Your mistakes, metanoia, your failure to hit the target accurately, could very easily result in a complete disaster in terms of a spiritual battle. But above and beyond that, your failure to, to not hit the target, metanoia, accurately could end up uh, costing you not only the battle, it could potentially end up costing you the spiritual war. And in some situations, if you lose the battle, you lose the spiritual war. And if you lose the spiritual war, in some cases, you actually end up losing the future. You, act, you end up losing the future. You end up losing the land. You end up losing your freedom. You end up losing your nations. Because sometimes, or let's say many times, you can make these tragic mistakes. The consequences are awful and horrific, but it is possible to recover from certain tragic mistakes. It's possible to rebound from certain tragic mistakes. However, in the long-term scheme of things, there are other fatal mistakes that we can potentially make where we just don't lose one single solitary temporal battle. We end up losing a major strategic battle. And when we lose a major strategic battle, what unfortunately can potentially happen is that not only do we lose that battle, but then the negative energy, the momentum from losing that battle, ends up costing us losing the war, and we facilitate, like, like, 
the old domino theory in the Vietnam War. The, the domino theory was this military concept that if we lost key battles uh, with, with the U.S. Army and the U.S. military engaging the communist Viet Cong uh, in the Vietnam War, uh, many of our generals believed that this could unleash the domino theory, which is if you allow this city to fall or this geographic location to fall and that geographic location to fall, then there would be a negative momentum, and the negative momentum would produce uh, an entire series of dominoes falling. And you've all seen the card games and the board games where there's, there's a winding road of dominoes uh, placed one right after another. And then if you have that long and winding road of dominoes where the dominoes are placed one after another, and somebody just takes their fingernail and just lightly flicks their fingernail lightly against the dominoes lined up, what happens is the domino, the first domino that you hit carries momentum and it begins to propel or force all the dominoes in front of it to fall in sequence. And this is called the domino theory. So you not only lose that battle, that city, that geographic location, you, you end up, and this was the fear of our generals at the time, you end up losing the global war against communism. Because according to our generals, if we lost these particular battles, then uh, these battles, we, we would fall and our soldiers would fall like dominoes. And if you've seen dominoes fall in a board game, they begin to fall, and it's like they're all connected together, and the dominoes begin to fall, and then they kind of wind around in almost a circular fashion, and the dominoes just keep falling, 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 because they're all connected, because the dominoes are all in proximity to one another. And so there, there is a, like a free fall of dominoes. And so at that point, you lose the war against communism. You allow the communist insurgents and the communist strategists to win the war, not only in Vietnam, but to win the war here in the United States. And when the communists win all of these wars, now the communists have managed to gain a strategic advantage uh, that our generals called the domino theory. And in that place of strategic advantage, um, our soldiers, our ammunition, our planes, etc., are falling at an unprecedented rate. It's a very bad scenario. So the, the idea, the strategy was never to allow your military. And when they said military, what our gen see, I'm not here to argue with you. My point here is not to argue with you as an advocate of the Vietnam War or as a pacifist against the war as somebody who was for the war. That is not my purpose or intention in this discussion. My purpose and intention in this discussion is to simply recognize that no matter what side of the fence you happen to be on uh, regarding the Vietnam War, uh, and I remember I was a radical in the counterculture at the time, but, but despite whether or not I was on this side or that side, my intention 
in bringing this up is to simply acknowledge a military strategic reality, which in a general sense works or brings victory to either side, the, the communist side, the American side, or whatever. It brings victory because when you have certain elements in position or place, these elements or assets or, or whatever it is that are in place bring about conditions which inevitably facilitate one side or the other winning a military victory. So going back to the Vietnam War, the reality <clears throat> was that if you revisit the Vietnam War, and it was tragic in, in many respects, we lost many soldiers, etc., and the, the lessons to be learned were the following. Um, the Vietnam War was lost in America against the communist left, against the communists that were funneling money, manpower, and supplies in from communist China, in from communist Russia, in from communist Cambodia, and there was, it was a stealth attack against America and American soldiers that was financed by notable American billionaires, people who were manufacturing weaponry and financing things from our soldiers, people who would be categorized as super billionaires or trillionaires, they were financing opposition to the Vietnam War. So when, when, so a perfect storm arose. When our soldiers went over there to fight, they went over there to fight, but unfortunately, when they went over to Vietnam to fight, they were double-minded in, in all their ways. And by double-minded, I mean nobody gave them, nobody gave our soldiers a strong enough or a compelling reason that was strong enough to justify their personal involvement in the Vietnam War, to justify risking their lives and fighting in the Vietnam War. Our, our soldiers uh, went into the battlefield with a handicap. They were confused and double-minded. Now, how this played out was the following, and I was involved in this, and I'm not proud of it, by the way. I'll say it again. I am not proud of the activities that I was involved in, because as I look back at my activities, I would have to say, now that I uh, am far more aware, far more intelligent, far more knowledgeable about the global uh, situation than I was back then. That's just a fact. And I was getting ready to be sent off to Vietnam myself personally. Um, and even though I was uh, uh, a radical in the counterculture and all of that stuff, the reason I was radical in the counterculture is because the only convincing argument that I heard at the time was the anti-war side of the argument. And so I participated in anti-war demonstrations in New York City and other places that were all protesting the war, that were all saying the war was evil. So that's the only argument. That's the only, the only facts that I received were oppositional to the war. In fact, in my naivete, I laughed at what is called the uh, uh, domino theory. 
But now, many decades later, as I look back, it, it is, in my opinion, the war uh, was not properly executed on behalf of the American soldier and the American people. In addition to that, sadly to say, I feel that we largely lost the war before our soldiers even entered the battlefield. We lost the war because the other side, the communist left, the socialist left, the radical left, fought a superior psychological operations war. So they were winning the war by fighting the Vietnam War on the PSYOPs level. I was too dumbed down at the time to fully grasp that. And so um, I, I believed the propaganda, you know, all the rock bands and Abby Hoffman and all these people that I naively and stupidly idolized um, were, were protesting against the war. So um, what, what transpired was the machinery of the left, the propaganda of the left, the, the most charismatic leaders and speakers, the people who had the gifting that knew how to, to grab the public's attention whether they were rock and roll stars or feature filmmakers or radical activist speakers or whoever they were, almost universally, the gifted speakers and leaders were all opposing the war. And it was the gifted speakers and leaders that, that knew how to wage psychological warfare and convince millions of people that the war was wrong, that it was simply that the war was being undertaken strictly because of our the benefit to our military-industrial complex, which was making a fortune. Now, I will say this. There's no question that our military-industrial complex made a fortune off the war, and that there was a lot of really weird strategies that endangered American soldiers during the Vietnam War. But having said all that, it doesn't undo the fact that the domino theory, in my opinion now, after many years of study of history, etc., the domino theory was not a paranoia theory. The domino theory was a, an effective strategic analysis of the game plan that the communist left were playing hardball with in the streets of America and all across America and the world. So the communist left demonized our involvement in the war. However, having said that, the, the communist domino theory that if they took this nation or that nation or whatever, then all the other communist nations, all the other nations involved in this death-like struggle between communism and a free America, um, the, the reality is that it, it was true. It was a valid assessment to say that if they won these different battlefields, then the other nations that were leaning in the direction of communism, including America, they would be, all the other nations would begin to fall like dominoes. And sooner or later, America would be defeated from within by the communist left, the Marxist left, the socialist left, and along with that, the globalist left. Because here is the fatal flaw, and nobody, there should have been men who were trained and equipped to issue an apologetic that justified our involvement in the war. And the apologetic should have explained simply the truth, which was, if we allowed the communists to win all these 
wars in places like Vietnam and all across the world, according to communist doctrine, according to their own writings, according to the Communist Manifesto, their appetite for conquest is insatiable. They're going to keep hitting nation after nation after nation. The dominoes are going to fall, 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 and fall. And the ultimate game plan was to exalt communism over capitalism, to exalt uh, communism over Christianity, the Constitution, democracy, and the American way of life. That, what, that, what, the, that was the good and the bad and the ugly truth of the matter, was that they fully intended to conquer America from within, and they were using the, the war in Vietnam as a trial run in doing so. Now, in my naivete, I didn't get it back then. Today, I get it. Because now we fast forward into the future and we see a repeat of many of the scenarios that were going down during the Vietnam War. And that is the scenario is, and this is where you've got to really step up your game and you can't be like a, like a, like a zombie. You can't have a brain that's like half functional. You have to really know what the blank you're talking about and you've got to get up to speed in your argument. So the way it works is like this. You have to understand the fundamental nature of communism and Marxism. The fundamental, and I talk about this and explain this in my books, A Prophecy of the Future of America, um, and my other books available at paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And the fundamental nature of communism is this. Communism and Marxism and radical socialism is simply a, me- a mechanism. It's simply a tool that is employed or used by the wealthiest international banking families in the world, also known as the globalist elite. It is the globalist elite, or the Illuminati, or the New World Order, or however you want to define them, they're one and the same. It is the globalist elite that has always financed communism, Marxism, socialism, um, the the war and finance communist revolutions. It has always been that communism, Marxism, socialism, etc. were always financed by radical uh, radical extensions of the globalist elite and the new world order. So this is how you have to understand the paradigm. And unless you understand the paradigm, you're going to be taken advantage of and manipulated. Here's how it goes. I write about it in my book, uh, Power from on High, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, etc., etc. Here's how the game goes. You take any nation where there has been a significant communist revolution, whether that's communist China or communist Russia uh, or Cambodia or North Vietnam or whatever nation it is, and you discover that the communist revolution, the planning, the financing, the orchestrating of the communist revolutions were always financed by the richest international banking families in the world, also known as the globalist elite. The globalist elite used the mythology of communism and socialism. The globalist elite used the fairy tale of communism to embed or implant in the minds and the hearts of the people, like in America. They embed in the hearts and the minds of the people in America 
the the fairy tale that all their dreams will come true, that they'll have free education, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, they'll have paradise on earth if they rally behind a communist revolution in their nation. And so all communism is, at its bare essence, communism and Marxism is nothing more than a strategic plan by which the globalist elite, the international bankers, they get to take over any nation of their choosing on planet Earth. So they get to take over, for example, um, Russia. They get to take over China. They get to take over Cambodia. They get to take over the hardcore socialist nations. They get to take over any nation on Earth that they want to. And then under the subterfuge of calling it a communist revolution or a revolution of the people, under that subterfuge, they initiate a what they call a people's revolution. And the people rally behind it because the communists are expert liars. And they lie to the people and say, if you join us in your communist revolution, we're going to give you free education, uh, free uh, uh, heaven on earth, paradise on earth, free health care. All the wealth will be fairly and equally redistributed. And you'll never be happier in your whole life. That's essentially the communist lie, and it's used in nation after nation. So, but what really happens is, for pennies on the dollar, for next to nothing, by by creating the falsehood of a people's revolution slash or a communist revolution slash or a globalist revolution, for pennies on the dollar, they come up with the, the repetitive promise that you're going to get paradise on earth. That you're going to have a communist revolution, free healthcare, free education. We're going to redistribute the wealth. All of which are lies, by the way. They're all lies, because what really happens is never, ever, ever in these communist revolutions financed by the, the elite, never, ever, ever do the masses of people, the middle class and the working class, they never have a better lifestyle. They never get or gain freedom, or freedom of the press, freedom of speech. They never get their rights. Their income never, ever goes up higher. Their lives are never, ever better. In fact, their lives are always, 100% of the time, lousy and worse than ever before. But they have been sucker punched, and they believe that they've got something better. But what really, what this is really all about is under the subterfuge of a communist uh, revolution, they, the communists, The communists, communism is an extension of the globalist elite. You have to understand that equation. If you don't understand that equation, you have no idea what communism is. Communism is the extension of the globalist elite. It gives the globalist elite the opportunity to exercise a massive psyops program in any given nation. And guess what happens? They get in one fell swoop everything that they dream of getting in a communist revolution. So what happens is they lose all of their freedoms. They lose freedom of speech, freedom of the press. They, lo- they lose free health care. They, they lose the free distribution of wealth. They lose everything. It's stolen from them. And in, and in return, they become slaves working in a globalist communist state 
and they work their tails off, and they're paid communist-style slave labor wages. Now, hear what I'm saying, and don't miss it. Don't miss the mark. In every communist revolution, without exception, the people who, who, who signed on to the communist revolution, the middle class, the working class, blah, 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 they lose all their freedoms, they lose their health care, they lose their education, the wealth is not fairly redistributed at all, the people lose their wealth, they lose their education, and now, under the full legal weight of the law, a communist revolution always brings about an environment in which the masses of people are working at slave labor wages. So when the day is done, they aren't one inch off better than they were before the Communist Revolution. When the Communist Revolution is over, 100% of the time, they are worse off than ever before. They lose all their freedoms. They are paid slave labor wages or worse. Did you hear what I said? They're paid slave labor wages or worse. Because, you see, this is a heist. Communism and globalism, I call the great heist. They come into a nation, they promise heaven on earth. Look and read. I have the quotes in my book, if you care to read them, uh, from Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. And what he says to the workers in America and across the world, quote, this is what the World Economic Forum promises to the workers of the world. The standard communist lies, which is, you are going to be better than you've ever been better off before. And then they lie to the people and say that you uh, are going to have the wealth redistributed. And then they lie to the people and say, you listen to the lie. This is the same lie verbatim that communism under Chairman Mao, under Stalin, under Lenin, fascism under Adolf Hitler. It's the same lie they use against the dumbed-down people over and over and over and over again ad nauseum. The same lie, and it's always a lie, and it never comes true. It's a, it's a fairy tale from hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? Own that truth, because you're right in the middle of a communist revolution. So the name of the game is, they say, you will own, when, when we have, when our, when our global reset is finished, and that's what they call it, the Great Reset. When the Great Reset is finished, you will own absolutely nothing. That's classic communist lies. When the Great Reset is finished, you will own absolutely nothing. But, they say, the big lie, but you will never be happier in your whole life. So here is the repetitive lie always used in a communist revolution. You will own absolutely nothing, but you will never be happier than you've ever been in your whole life. That is a lie. It's not true. It's never been true. It won't be true with the Great Reset. Look, open your eyes. Don't be so blanking stupid and gullible. Don't listen to your friends that are in a certifiable trance state. They are clueless. They are marching into the gas chambers of Nazi Germany. They're marching into the gas chambers of Adolf Hitler. They've been told they're going to get a warm shower and soap, that they're going to get great jobs, that we're going to take care of all your needs. These are the lies that totalitarians always use. But what happens instead is that all the people are rounded up 
and they're told they're going to get jobs and showers and happy days are here again. So they send the millions of people into the concentration camps with barbed wire. The people are all happy and high because they think they're going to shower and happy days are here again. And then they send the people into the concentration camps. They're told they're going to get a nice clean shower. But what happens when they turn on the showers in the concentration camps? What happens is it's not steamy hot water that is coming out of the shower heads. What is coming out of the shower heads instead is the poisonous gas like Zyklon B. Poisonous gas that after a couple of breaths of breathing in this poisonous gas, they, by the millions, begin to drop dead inside the massive shower stalls. Because what Hitler was up to all the time was to send the people to the showers. When they breathed in the gas, in a couple of minutes, they would drop dead and die. So they would be mass killed in the showers of Nazi Germany, in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany. Got it? That's what always happens 100% of the time. No deviation. Now, the second phase of the operation is they're told they're going to have great jobs. And now um, they're, they're told they're going to go into warm rooms because it's cold out. So the naive people line up and they can't wait to go into the giant warm rooms so they won't be in the freezing cold environment of the concentration camp. And when the Jews and the other people go into the giant warm rooms, they, they notice that the heat is unbearable. And what the Nazi soldiers do, which was their plan all along, the Nazi sh- soldiers put the bodies of the Jews and the bodies of the other people who were sent into the concentration camps. They put their bodies into these gigantic ovens. And then they turn up the heat of the ovens and they burn the Jews and everybody else that went into the concentration camps. They burn them up alive. And so the smoke that's coming out, the smoke that's belching out from these giant smokestacks in the concentration camps turns out to be the foul, hideous stench that is unmistakably the stink of human bodies being burned alive in the concentration camp. This is the premeditated endgame of the concentration camps, of the, the, the real reason behind the euthanasia program, is to massacre millions and millions and millions of people under the guise of employing them and keeping them warm, etc., etc. So this is what we have. And so, in our lifetime, the same exact program is being carried out. In fact, the Nazis literally called this program the program, P-R-O-G-R-O-M, program. So the people who were going along with the program were the people that were volunteering to have their bodies burned alive in the gas chambers or to die in, uh, in the poisonous gas because they thought they were getting a shower. And this is precisely the same game plan that is happening now under the masquerade of calling it the Great Reset. 
The Great Reset is nothing more than the Nazi eugenics program. Eugenics mean, means we're going to manipulate your genetic code and we're going to systematically, scientifically, and deliberately wipe out all the people whose genetic code does not match up to the Nazi standard of a Nazi DNA master race. And anybody who has what they uh, categorize as inferior DNA will be killed in the Nazi concentration camps. So this is not a paranoid conspiracy theory. This is not some wild daydream. These are the facts of what is now happening in the United States of America on a multiplicity of levels. Anybody who claims to name the name of Jesus Christ, anybody who says that they love you in the name of the Lord Jesus, anybody who pretends to love you and does not tell you the 100% truth and does not tell you the real game plan behind the, the mass euthanasia, euthanasia projects, who does not tell you the real purpose and agenda of the gas chambers, of the showers with poisonous gas, of the, of the baking up hot ovens, anyone who does not tell you what these are really all about does not love you. They hate you. They are co-conspirators with this Nazi mentality, and they are conspiring to wipe you and out your children out, and, and, and they want to use their favorite weapon, which is psychological warfare or psyops, to destroy you. So now you know the truth. You can deny it, but if you deny the truth, you're denying the historical record. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? There is an historical record which you can examine. The historical record will confirm 100% regarding the accuracy of what I'm telling you to your ears. So there should be no excuse by the time this program is over. There should be no excuse whatsoever regarding what the end game is regarding these things we're talking about. These are historical, factual realities. And so if you really love someone, then you will warn them, you will do your homework, you will know what the end game is, and you will do what you can to wake people up so that they might avail themselves of the short-term, but nevertheless very valid opportunity of saving themselves, saving their children, saving their nation, saving their genetic pool, and saving their freedoms and saving their religion. All of those things, the saving of all these categories, can be yours. You can realize them. Christianity and Judaism, when it is practiced in the biblical sense of the word, is not an escapist, cult-like religion. True biblical Christianity does not pump you up with happy juice and, and psychological euphoria. True biblical Christianity doesn't get you stoned on psychological manipulation. True spirituality, true biblical Christianity, true Judaism teaches and explains to you the true truth based on historical fact and provides you with the equipment, the tools, the training, the knowledge, and the know-how that you must absolutely have in order to be an overcomer 
in order to survive the coming challenge and the coming battles. Now, let me add, not only is that's what true Christianity does, but true Christianity, as opposed to counterfeit Christianity, will equip you with the truth, will equip you with the mind of Christ, and true Christianity, not to be confused with false Christianity, true Christianity will give you the tools, the planning, the intelligence, and the wisdom you need so that you can defend yourselves, defend your loved ones, defend your family, defend your children, and above all, hear what I'm saying, please, above all, true Christianity, when communicated truthfully, provides you with truth so that you don't end up going to the death camps like lambs to the slaughter. Teaching people to be content as they go to the death camps like lambs to the slaughter is not evidence of a true Christian. It is evidence of a false prophet, and it is incumbent upon you before the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Hear what I'm saying to you, because I'm speaking the truth, whether you like it or not. It is incumbent upon you to receive the truth and believe the truth as Jesus Christ communicated it in the Bible, to receive the truth and utilize and incorporate the truth. Why? Because Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. So God wants you to know the truth, embrace the truth, and act on the truth so that you can be proactive, so that you can be victorious in dismantling psyops, psychological warfare, cult-like programming. Cult-like programming is not a hallmark of biblical Christianity. I'll repeat that again. If If your Christian experience is one of being programmed, into kind of a, a, a zombie state, you are not practicing true Christianity. Now, I have more to tell you, and what I'm going to tell you is the truth. However, for me to continue to communicate the truth to you viably, intelligently, coherently, and as God is my witness, I am speaking the truth to you in love so that God may give you wisdom so that you can be set free so that you can reverse the course, so that you can be an overcomer, and so that you can be victorious. That is why I'm speaking the truth to you. I am a practicer of true Christianity or true spirituality. When you contrast true spirituality with counterfeit cult-like spirituality that calls itself Christian, you, you need to understand you're being lied to. Classic examples would be that maniac preacher. I forgot his name. He got everybody to drink the Kool-Aid, remember? And I think he flew them down to an African nation or a South American nation. Jim Jones, the Jim Jones cult. Jim Jones was trained by members of the globalist elite. Jim Jones was trained in scientific mind control, hypnosis, and brainwashing. He brainwashed his followers to blindly obey everything he taught them to do. And so, Jim Jones had his followers fill all these giant plastic containers of Kool-Aid with powerful drugs that affected their consciousness, and he filled the plastic containers with a Kool-Aid that also uh, would kill them. It was a poison. So it would knock out their brains, 
and then it would cause them to, to drop dead. In other words, they couldn't fight back. And so that expression you hear quite commonly in our society where people, in a, in a kind of a satirical way, say these words, don't drink the Kool-Aid, that expression, don't drink the Kool-Aid, is directly connected to the fact that the followers of Jim Jones uh, did drink the Kool-Aid. They listened to Jim Jones. They, they didn't want to hear the truth. And so they did drink the Kool-Aid. And the Kool-Aid was laced with poison that killed them. And the Kool-Aid was laced with psychedelic, psychotropic drugs that made in, incapacitated their ability to reason and use their logical minds. So everybody who drank the Kool-Aid at that cult of Jim Jones ended up poisoning themselves and dying. God, Christianity is not a cult. God does not want you drinking Kool-Aid. So that means, how do you, how do you ensure that you're not being played? How do you ensure that you're not drinking the Kool-Aid? Well, the way you ensure that is you get truth you get knowledge, you get wisdom, you get facts concerning any particular matter, and then after you get the facts, you make intelligent, rational decisions based on the facts, and you obviously do not drink poisonous substances that knock your mind out and will cause you to drop dead. You don't drink, you don't drink the Kool-Aid. It's just that simple. And many other cults have employed similar strategies in coercing their followers to drink the Kool-Aid. True Christianity does not teach Jesus never taught his disciples ever to drink the Kool-Aid. But what I'm about to say to you now is going to upset many of you. You're going to have to live with being upset, because I am not going to self-censor my communication to you. I'm not going to lie to you in order to momentarily put you in a hypnotic stupor and fatten you up for the slaughter. I'm not going to do that, because I'm a true follower of Jesus Christ versus a counterfeit cult leader. With everything in me, I am warning you and speaking to your rational, logical mind, and I am telling you that there is a significant percentage of people in America, including Christian ministers and cult leaders, etc., there's a significant percentage of them that are coercing you using mind control and hypnotic techniques and drugs, etc., and they are working on your mind, and they are hypnotically programming you to ignore all the warnings about not drinking the Kool-Aid, and they are hypnotically setting you up to drink the Kool-Aid so that you drink the Kool-Aid because it's sugary and sweet, but that Kool-Aid contains drugs that will kill you and drugs that will put you out of your rational mental state. If you are in any kind of Christian group or any spiritual or religious group of any kind, where the result is you're being conned or convinced into drinking the Kool-Aid, no matter what kind of Kool-Aid it's made out of, you are not listening to a faithful biblical teacher. You are Listen to what I'm saying to you, because it may save your life. You are listening to what the Bible calls a false prophet. False prophets will lead you, like Satan, down the path of destruction. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. We're going to be back in just a moment with some more truth, truth that will set you free. I need you to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. I need you to obey the Holy Spirit 
to utilize your rational, logical mind that God has given you. I need you to hear God, and I need you to do what God is telling you to do. And so I'm asking you to stand with me in a logical, rational, and indeed a biblically balanced and scriptural manner. I'm asking you to ask the Lord how you can partner with me, Paul McGuire, Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church International. I'm asking you to ask the Lord how you can partner with me by making, by, by doing, and by obeying whatever God tells you to do. And, and simply ask God, if you, believe, if you truly believe that God communicates to you, and ask him what he wants you to do. And whatever God tells you to do, in terms of, ask God, how much, uh, what kind of contribution do you want me to give, or what kind of financial contribution or donation would you have me give, Lord? How can I stand with this ministry, Lord, in practical ways? How can I volunteer and participate and rescue and save others before it's too late, Lord? And then, whatever God tells you to do, simply obey him and do exactly what it is that the Lord tells you to do. Whatever amount he tells you to give, give. However he tells you to volunteer, then then volunteer. If I ask you to help us with signing on to our e-blast lists and our mailing lists, etc., so we can beat the rigging wars, then simply obey God and do whatever he puts on your heart to do. And that's obeying him. So I'm asking you to, one, pray to the Lord, two, listen to the Lord, three, whatever God tells you to do, whatever God tells you puts on your heart, obey him. And as you obey him, you examine what it is that we're doing. And what we're doing is we're warning people. We're acting like watchmen on the wall, and we're warning people to not drink the Kool-Aid, to not go along with programs, and there are many of them that are going to kill them. And, and I will outline for you what some of these deathly programs are and how potentially they can kill you. And that's not the will of God for your life or your loved one's life. And now is the time to rally together. Now is the time to be awake as in a great awakening. Now is the time to stand for the truth, because the day may come when standing for the truth will be impossible. So I need you to stand with me in obedience to the Lord. I need you to pray for me. And you can do that securely by visiting paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. You are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Okay. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The, The direct implication is that when you know the truth, when the truth has been communicated to you, it will always set you free spiritually, physically, psychologically, and so on. The truth, knowing the truth will set you free. So it's imperative that you acquire the truth. That's the purpose of this ministry. We spread the truth. Why? Because the truth will set you free. If we spread lies and disinformation, we would be guilty before God of placing you in a horrific captivity. That is the case. Think of all the Christian leaders and Jewish leaders who chose to be silent in Nazi Germany. They chose to be silent rather than to alert, wake up, and communicate to to their fellow Jews and to their fellow Christians the disturbing reality that um, those gas chambers were not showers. 
and the Nazis intended on mass slaughter through genocide, genetically selected people to slaughter by the millions. That's what the Nazi game plan was. The Nazis intended to slaughter uh, millions of people by burning them alive in the Nazi concentration camp ovens. And they selected the majority of the people they burned alive in their concentration camps were selected on the basis of uh, a genetic DNA selection. First of all, they targeted and singled out Jews in large numbers. So they systematically conducted genocide against Jews by killing them and annihilating them simply because of their DNA and their genetic history. Why was there not a warning from leaders across Europe, across Germany? Why was, the, why was that fact hidden? Okay, let's bring, it, let's bring that same situation up to the moment and apply it to today. We have, in America and around the world, we experience what medical experts from WHO and CDC and uh, the United Nations, etc., they called it a global pandemic, and uh, the, the public discussion has debated whether or not what, what the real cause of this global pandemic was. So the critical thing that we do know is that this global pandemic, also known as COVID and known uh, known other other names and so so what we were told the psyops that we were told was that this is a deadly pandemic it's going to kill a disturbingly high percentage of people it will it will be people especially in certain age categories especially in certain genetic pools who who will be the most vulnerable to dying from covid we were told this uh, by our so-called trusted officials, and what happened was that um, we had a global pandemic, and then there was the, these draconian measures enacted into law, which were passed, and we were told that if we adhered to these safety and protective measures like social isolation, like uh, all kinds of things, you know, uh, not gathering together in crowds and uh, being isolated and, and all kinds of things, wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera, that if we practiced those protocols, we would significantly reduce, if not entirely reduce, the possibility of our being killed or wiped out by, uh, by this pandemic, okay? And so people were like really, really freaked out. So, as the pandemic continued, you had, the, you had a lot of information that was deliberately suppressed from the American people, and to this very day, vital amounts of very important information are in an, a continual act of suppression by so-called medical authorities. Now, one thing we learned was that just because you got the COVID vaccination or the you know, a series of vaccinations, that in and of itself did not guarantee that you would not catch COVID, that you would not be sick, and that you would not, you know, you would not necessarily be immune from dying 
even if you got the vaccine. So then there was a constant bombardment from governmental authorities, medical authorities, et cetera, et cetera. We all received a constant bombardment of disinformation or information that was released one week, and that's, let's say, six months or a year later, the exact opposite information was distributed to the public. So the public was led into a place of what we could call perpetual confusion. They were told one thing, and then time would go by, and then they would be told that 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 doesn't necessarily protect them. So they were in a total state of confusion. Now, the critical aspects to understand, and I'm not here, my agenda is, is not to attack a particular group, to attack a particular individual, or to uh, attack the discrepancy. My purpose is to encourage you and exhort you to bring up the level of your intelligence, bring up the level of your awareness, bring up the level of your personal education, because ultimately you are per perpetually going to be victimized in this world and this society. You're going to be perpetually victimized if you absolutely insist in perpetually throwing your brain out the window and completely giving your brains, your common sense, your thinking, and your choices. Every time you don't accept responsibility for your own health, your own life, your own facts, you are playing into the false identity of victimhood. So you can't throw away your brain. You have to use your brain, your senses. You have to do your own homework. That is the number one lesson to be learned from what just happened. If you insist upon being an idiot and giving your brain over to so-called experts and don't think yourself, then you cannot blame God if bad things happen. Why? Because it was never God's intention for the bad things to happen. You just steadfastly refused to listen to God, and you chose to rebel from God. So, we have these discrepancies. On one hand, they say social isolation will save you, and then they completely reverse the narrative, and they tell you social isolation will not guarantee you protection from COVID. You're going to have to do other things. On one moment, you're told that if you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID. Then a year later, you're told that even though you got the vaccine, you still can get COVID. You, you, if you're going to just be a ping pong ball in your brain and allow yourself to be batted back and forth, then you are violating one of God's primary principles. And that primary principle is God commands you in his word, in Proverbs, God is commanding you to diligently and aggressively pursue knowledge, wisdom, understanding, guidance. You have to do it yourself. You have to do your own homework. You have to go to licensed, intelligent medical doctors. But, but you can't just take the opinion of any medical doctor. You have to compare and contrast the data and, and the information you're getting by going to, as the Bible says, a multitude of counselors. That means you should be visiting a multitude of counselors. That means different doctors, different medical researchers, researchers so that you can make a compare and contrast decision. Now, as for the idea that you take the vaccine and you're going to live happily ever after, that's questionable. I don't have the answer there, but I can tell you that there are not. 
a lot of people dying and dropping dead. And it's not being told to you, the full number. A lot of people are dying, a lot of people are dropping dead because they refuse to use their brains. They simply got the vaccine. They didn't do any homework on themselves. And then they didn't do any research on the vaccine. And then they're complaining that they dropped dead. Well, you didn't do any homework for crying out loud. I mean, what do you expect? You refused to, to, to obey one of God's primary principles, which is you get wisdom in the multitude of counselors. And you absolutely refused to do that. And you insulted people who tried to tell you their opinion. You insulted them. You mocked them. You laughed at them. You called people who had a different opinion. You, you called them conspiracy theorists. You marginalize them, you humiliate them, and you know how many people there are in the media and the entertainment business and the political realm who also mocked and marginalized people they called conspiracy theorists, a huge percentage. And a disturbingly high percentage of those people ended up dying and dropping dead even though they got the COVID vaccination. So you have to do your own homework, and that means I'm not giving you, I'm not, there's no magic bullet, but, you know, building up your immune system for crying out loud. And then doing homework, doing research. And, and then you discover that there are huge numbers of people all over the world, especially in the United States, and especially among jet pilots who fly commercial airlines, especially among professional athletes that are in tip-top shape, basketball stars, uh, uh, soccer stars football stars, baseball stars, all kinds of people. And guess what? There's an extremely high percentage of these people who, despite their amazing physical health, they got the vaccine and they ended up dropping dead. And if you look, and I'm not going to give you the answers, you're going to have to do your own little homework. But if you look at the statistics, you, you discover that they dropped dead and they dropped, many of these people dropped dead from the same category of diseases. Many of these people dropped dead from so-called COVID after the vaccine, but they, they were dropping dead through heart attacks, pulmonary things. They're, in other words, there were definitely medical measurable categories that seemed to be wiping a lot of people out who had the vaccine, who, who had the vaccine. And then against the big brother Orwellian psyops, um, there were huge numbers of people, and, and we were told this would not be the case, young children, young adults, adults of different ages, a high percentage of people who are in their older years who chose not to get the vaccine. And guess what? They didn't drop dead. They didn't get these strange categories of diseases, and they survived. Now, if you're going to insist, in calling yourself a Christian, and yet in your daily life behave like a child and make childlike decisions, don't blame God if you prematurely die because you didn't bother to do any of your own research or questioning or whatever. You can't say it was God. God didn't fail you. You failed yourself. You you you. The price tag for your it all fits together. Let's let's not let's not be in dreamland here. This all fits together into a coherent puzzle piece and it has a clear visibility. And this is how it goes. 
This, again, is how it plays out. Um, you, God gave you the responsibility of making decisions. He told you to get wisdom, to get guidance, to get understanding. That means you've got to read, research, and study. And you can't blame God for consequences when you couldn't get off your posterior to do any homework. Now, that same flow of thought flows directly into every area of life. And this is what I want to stress. We are not simply talking about one area of life, which is vaccinations, who's dying, who's living, blah, 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 blah. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the larger puzzle pieces. And that brings us to this fundamental place of truth where you will either obey the Lord or you will go on with your foolishness. It is your responsibility to do your homework. So that means also, if you want to discern whether or not somebody's a false prophet or this or that is false teaching, if you want to know whether or not communism, Marxism, socialism are viable and they actually prosper people, or the reality is, the hardcore reality is, is that communism, Marxism, and socialism don't help anyone, and they end up destroying nations, destroying lives, destroying economies. And if you do the math, if you do your homework, you realize absolutely unequivocally that if you refuse to get wisdom and you just go along with the program and you just do whatever somebody tells you to do and you don't think, you don't investigate, you don't, if you refuse to do your own research and homework on things like critical race theory, if you, if you refuse to actually get off your posterior, do your homework, and history will tell you precisely what critical race theory is, and history will tell you who invented critical race theory, and history will tell you exactly and precisely where critical race theory will lead you, where communism, Marxism, and socialism will lead you. If you do your homework, you will spare your life in your nation's life and your children's life. If you absolutely are steadfastly committed to being an idiot, you will pay a bitter price tag. Now, you say, that sounds mean. I don't care what it sounds like. The proof is in the pudding. Who is it that really loves you? The, the person who speaks seductive words and compliments you and flatters you as you're going to your gas chamber and to die? Is that the person who really loves you? Or is the person who really loves you, is that the individual who his love for you is so strong that he is willing to have you reject him? and to reject his truthful message, he's willing to endure that because he truly loves you. And because he truly loves you, he bothered to do his homework. He bothered to get off his butt and study and do research. And so he's come to you with a very well-informed, very well-educated perspective about what kind of systems in our culture and society inevitably will bring destruction and what kind of systems in our society will inevitably bring us prosperity and freedom? I will be so potentially bold to tell you that my motivation is based on the fact that my purpose and motivation and intention and in communicating to you is based 100% on the agape love of Jesus Christ, the selfless love of Jesus Christ. That is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I am not doing this for monetary gain. Anybody who checks me out would realize that that's a blatant truth. I'm not doing this for the money. There's no money in it. I'm doing it because I have a conscience before God 
And if I don't warn you, I know that the Lord Jesus Christ will hold me accountable for not warning. So you can measure the integrity of my love or lack of love for you, your family, this nation, and your children, not based on how popular I am, not based on how seductive and sweet-talking I am. It's solely based on whether or not I am willing to jettison my reputation. I am willing to endure being called every name under the sun, which I have been. I am willing to endure physical actions which were designed to remove me from this earth. Yes, while you slept. I was willing to pick up my cross and follow Jesus, not because I'm a saint, because I'm not, but because I am compelled by God to do the right thing, just like you are. So I must stand in the gap, just like you must. And so I come to you with warnings based on reason, research, and willing to take the risk that that involves, because what drives me is not money. What drives me, what gets me high, is doing what's right before God. That's a turn-on to me. That's strange to you? That's because you haven't tried it yet. So I, I rest my argument for now. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. I tell you this with every fiber of my being. Almost every day of my life, probably almost every day, if not every day of my life, I am engaged in continual spiritual warfare, debate. I am attacked. I am accused of all kinds of things. It's continuous. Because the mere fact that, that I feel called to stand for that which is true when I know full well that that's a guarantee for rejection, means that out of necessity I pay a price. I'm not complaining about the price. Don't feel sorry for me. But what I do need at this critical moment, not for myself, what I do need, because we are literally in the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world, I need you to pray to the Lord, to pray for me, to pray for yourselves, to pray for this nation, to pray for your family. I need you to pray like there's no tomorrow, because there will not be a tomorrow if you don't start praying. And I ask you to listen to the Lord, and whatever God tells you to do, obey Him. Obey Him. Whatever God tells you to give in terms of donations and contributions, radically obey the Lord. With intelligence, with wisdom, obey the Lord. We're in this together, folks. We're in this together. If this nation goes down, we're all going to suffer. And finally, I ask you, to join and sign up to our social media. We're in a war where the, the, the bots are attempting to rig us, break us, marginalize us, demonize us, and attempt to use psyops to discredit our message. But the response to that is always the same. No retreat, no surrender. And so I ask you to sign on to our e-blast, sign on to our social media. And then finally, pray for everybody involved in this ministry, including myself, my family, and those that are associated with this ministry. If we stand together as one in the power of the Holy Spirit and under the authority of the Word of God, we can turn things around. And on that note, I say to you, even so, come, Lord Jesus, because we do all of this in the light of Christ's return. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us lying, the obscuring of the truth, the, the erasing of the truth when it comes to all kinds of technology, medical technology, electromagnetic frequency technology, satellite technology. We live in a world where 
technology, science, and engineering, which theoretically should bring about good things to help mankind. It is often the case that what is the byproduct of these inventions, of these uh, discoveries, are things that are extremely harmful to people, harmful to the extent that they can kill people, they can shorten lifespans, they can permanently damage a person's thinking ability, whether it's vaccines and, and the lying and the distortion that went along with that. I mean, just the other day, somebody, famous athlete, dropped dead. And uh, the questions are being asked, what was the relationship between his death and the fact that, that he got a vaccination? And, and these, these are being covered up. They should be treated as honest inquiries. So we live in a world where, where truth, uh, there's very little priority on truth. So you and I have to do what we can to spread the truth, to communicate the truth, to advance the truth, and to do it in a way that is intelligent, based on a biblical worldview. And we have to speak the truth in love, and we have to actively reach out to people that are disconnected from sources of truth. So I ask you to join with me and help me and stand with me with your financial support, your prayers, and your spreading of this word. It could save somebody's life. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us.